Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 5th of the 5th. 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business markets and startups. I'm Nadine Blaney, and I'm here with Mr. David Scott. How are you, Scotty? Good, day, stranger. How are you going? Yeah, pretty well. Um, markets went pretty well today, I think. I mean, we didn't see the blockbuster sort of gains that we saw late in the session in the United States. Uh, it's old news now, but we did see, you know, some pretty, pretty solid performances coming through, even after we saw the Federal Reserve hike rates. Yeah, Aussie market in constant currency terms. We want to go and put into US dollar terms. We smoked the uh, the Americans uh, in our performance yeah, today, true. up up over three percent. So take that. Uh, but yeah, jeez, uh, didn't power go and deliver for the markets? But uh, the question mark remains: Did he deliver for Main Street when it comes to uh, those inflationary pressures? I. I know that people are saying that uh, he gave a masterclass and uh, how to go and get uh, get markets to go and work in your favor and everything else, but that's not what the end goal is for what he's trying to achieve. And I just wonder whether he's going to go. What happened last night will not help anyone. Won't help investors. Won't help uh, those people in Main Street because they're going to have to go in tight in financial conditions, and they didn't do that last night. And by doing that, they're going to create more market volatility. So you don't think that uh, with the commitment to the 50-50-50, with the commitment to quantitative tightness, or tightening, I should say, sort of kicking off in June, that um, anything's going to change? No, it's, it's all being priced. And so you've got to go and keep to that level and actually exceed it to go and tighten financial conditions further. And, and he's, he's simply not doing he that. He just doesn't want to royal, you know, that's, rock well, the boat. That's, this, that's the thing. This is the problem. This is what you have when you go and hold on to a, an aggressive monetary easing uh, policy for far too long. And this is why everyone's concerned about a policy mistake. Uh, look, it's fantastic for investors in the short term. But I just question, I'm getting flashbacks to what I saw in March just a big dummy. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's, the coast is clear and everything else. And then all of a sudden they'd be, the hawkish rhetoric started uh, ramping up again. I wonder whether we might go and see that again because if they are... I truly wanted to go and try and get inflation down pretty quickly. Okay, so we spoke with Daniel Silek from Capstream Capital. He seems to think that a lot of the Fed speakers, and you can listen to this interview, by the way, it's available by the show notes, but he seems to think that the Fed speakers will be singing from the same song sheet from here on in, that they actually were quite in line with one another, according to uh, the communication coming from the Fed Reserve. And of course, they're being so, they're guiding the market so strongly in their language. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I know that there was no dissenters this time, but uh, it's a bit like herding cats. And uh, when you start hearing them talk individually, different events, uh, I reckon we're going to have some uh, some pretty <laughs> divergent uh, views coming through. Of course, the minutes as well in a couple of weeks' time will be pretty informative. Yeah, okay. So again, we're talking about the Fed. There really is no other game in town. After, to your point, you know, just such an extraordinary amount of stimulus over such a long period of time, even when the evidence was pointing to 
you know, these V-shaped recoveries. Remember that term, V-shaped recoveries? Yeah. Gee, that's a long time ago. It sure feels like a long time ago. Um, look, you know, we've got the BOE tonight. Uh, look, we'll see a rate hike coming from the BOE. Uh, Stephen Miller from GSFM spoke with us today. If you'd like to get his thoughts on what's going on in the good old UK, feel free to go to the website or the app to have a listen to that. I hope the BOE does. They've got a bit of a penchant to uh, go and surprise. Yeah. Unreliable boyfriends and the like. So we'll, yeah. s- we'll see what uh, Andrew Bailey delivers this time. Okay. Well, you'd have to... Anyways, well, I'm not going to front run that. I mean, what do I know? But um, yeah, they have Plenty. such a propensity to, to, to surprise the market. Um, look... Safe to say we saw the energy complex higher. We've got the EU pushing to, uh, you know, really bring forward the timeline for banning Russian oil. Uh, that was good. We saw the gold price, you know, do really well through the overnight period. That helped the gold miners here. And uh, and then we get to the banks. And we heard from NAB today. Yeah, the market didn't like that one. Again, another company warning on costs. Although, by the end of the session, it wasn't as bad as it was, you know, post 10 a.m. when it was down by more than 3%. Mm. Bit of a melt up yeah, over the course of the session. I know the Chinese equities came back online for the first time in the week and they were uh, up and about and feeling a bit perky, particularly the uh, commodity complex there. Mm-hmm. And that also went and helped our, our big miners. Yeah, I, I missed, I'll admit, I, I sort of missed that services read coming from China. What did it point to? Uh, it was like the second lowest on record. Oh. Deep, a very steep contraction, broad-based contraction. Not really surprised you know, when you're shutting down your biggest cities on the East Coast, but uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, it's certainly not all peaches and cream over in China, uh, but for the time being, the markets have shown the resilience and Fed's got their back for the time being. Now, uh, we will get uh, some information coming from Macquarie, so keep that one on your radar today. Macquarie did finish lower by about a percentage point. Um, but we had quite a lot of corporate news out. We had Qantas making a bid for Alliance Aviation, which I thought was really interesting. We'll see if they can get past the regulators. ACCC has it on its radar already. Um, we had you know, a number of companies warning on earnings. Uh, BWX comes to mind. We had one of our big performers, Imogene, uh, making up some lost ground from earlier in the week after putting out a more positive announcement today. Um, But we also had more information flowing from that Macquarie conference. It's always a big news generator. It sort of has become, in my view, like a pseudo-Australian confession season. Um, But we had Reliance Worldwide presented there today. We also had a couple broker moves on Reliance Worldwide. So I picked it as the stock of the day because there's so much to chew over when it comes to Reliance. And I had the pleasure of speaking with Gaurav Sodhi from The Intelligent Investor and and, uh, Ben Clark from TMS about Reliance Worldwide. Get these big deep freeze events in the U- the US. They get this massive knock on of work, but the copper price is a big deal for them. Um, they've had supply chain issues. There is an element of non discretionary work for them, which is what I liked. Um, but to me, it's kind of like shifted back the other way, where everything's sort of gone against them again. Mm-hmm. And um, earnings, I think, are probably a bit depressed. Copper price is low. Um, they're pushing through price increases. They said demand is held up. So. Um, it's almost, this one, it's, it's a bit of a trading stock in a way, and um, I think it could be an interesting one to look at now. And I think it's a brand business, you know, what, what, what the way this business makes money is through the Shark Bite brand. And I'm, I'm just not convinced that it's a strong enough proposition to generate these kind of margins. The, the returns are outstanding. On paper, it looks like a very high quality business. I'm just not sure it's a resilient one. For me, Reese is starting to look far more interesting than this. I think 
James Hardy is a far better quality business than this mm. is. I, I wouldn't be, look, I, I think in terms of value, it looks okay, but uh, that's assuming the margins hold, and I just, I think they're gonna face margin pressure in the future um, from increasing competition, and I'd, I'd probably avoid it. So that is not going in the portfolio because Gaurav just couldn't be convinced that it was worth going in. So that is Reliance Worldwide. Look, I mentioned Macquarie has its full year update coming through tomorrow. Uh, look, I had a chat with Mark Gardner yesterday, and he said that the U.S. banks you know, might be a little bit of a precursor to what we see from Macquarie. Maybe uh, not as solid a result as we're used to getting from the bank, but um, you know, Macquarie rarely disappoints. And when it does, and if the share price dips, everybody always calls it a buying opportunity, so remains to be seen. Yeah, it's been a bit of volatility, and the commodity markets have been pretty strong, so I reckon yeah, I'll do all right. I think so too. Okay, so uh, look, I'm not going to keep this going for too long today, but we've got a whole heap of guests lined up for you tomorrow. Really looking forward to that. Really looking forward to the call with June Beilu from Tybeka, also Adam Dawes from Sean Partners, and tomorrow is the last call. And I've convinced Dawsey to come back in and have a drink with us at 3.45. There we go. Big man himself. And uh, yeah, looking forward to the chat already. Okay, so uh, Scotty, let's give it a quick wrap for today. But uh, safe to say we did see the S&P ASX 200 climb by eight-tenths of a percent, 7,003. 164. The small cap index did really well. The small orders was up by more than 2%. Uh, so really indicative of some of those bigger stock moves in that space. Look, um, have a good evening. We'll you, see you tomorrow. You too. Bye.